we pulled out of Sonic and took a right onto North King's Highway. We had only gone about two blocks when Lint looked past me out the driver's side window and said, I could really go for a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup Sunday. For Christ's sakes, Lint, you just ate three foot-long hot dogs, I exploded as I glanced over at Friendly's. But something else caught my eye, in the Tiger Mart parking lot, near the payphone. A white Chevy van sat parked in the first parking spot, right next to the sidewalk. The traffic light turned red, and I eased into the left-hand turn lane. I adjusted my side mirror to look back and see the van. Two men in long, olive-green, military-style trench coats stood near the van speaking to each other, their hands in their coat pockets. A third man sat in the van behind the wheel. One of the men was Caucasian, with blonde hair he wore in a short buzz cut. He seemed to be more nervous than the other guy, looking around in every direction as the other man spoke. The second man was African-American. His head was shaved, he didn't appear to be nervous at all, and even laughed a few times. I looked back up at the traffic light. Watched pot never boils, and a traffic light never turns green. I glanced back into the mirror. Both men were now headed toward the building. The arrow turned green, and I took a left on the 2nd Avenue North. Where are we going, Lint asked. There's something going on at the Tiger Mart. Lint sat up straight in his seat, and his eyes focused on the convenience store. I'm going to pull into the Five Guys lot and park, I said. Two men just went into the front of the building. They're dressed and acting suspicious. What are they wearing, Lint asked. Long army coats, I answered. A little warm for that. I pulled into a parking spot directly behind the Tiger Mart. That's what I thought. I popped the trunk. I'm going in through the front door. You call for backup and then quietly slip in through the back door. I jumped from the car and took off running. When I got to the corner of the building, I looked back to see Lint pulling the 12-gauge from the trunk. I rounded the corner. When I pulled open the door and went in, I was facing the white guy. He was about five feet in front of me. I acted surprised. His revolver was at his side, a thirty-eight caliber snub-nose. He brought it up and pointed it at my head. Yeah, that's right, moron. Point the gun at the smallest part of my body. Hold it, he said. I put up my hands. Please, don't shoot. I have a wife and seventeen kids, three dogs, a cat, and two birds. The white guy's face went blank. He blinked stupidly, mentally wrestling with my plea. The black guy had his sawed-off shotgun leveled at his waist and pointed at the guy behind the checkout counter. He turned toward me. He now seemed a little more nervous than when I had first seen him in the parking lot. What you say, man? You trying to be funny? Darren, keep your gun on him. Don't use my real name, Polly, the white guy yelled. I had my hands up. No, man, I'm not trying to be funny at all. I watched the cashier. He stood behind the counter with his hands up, too, and his eyes kept darting down and to the right and then back at me. I hoped he wasn't looking down at a weapon that he kept there. We didn't need any dead heroes today. I just came in to grab some baby formula and some dog food and some cat food and some... Shut up! Shut up! Darren hollered. Or I'll put a bullet through your goddamn head. I knew it. Polly turned his shotgun toward me and the cashier dove for his gun. The back door opened, letting in the bright sunlight. Darren turned and squinted. Polly caught the worker's movement out of the corner of his eye and spun back, but it was too late. The cashier was firing his pistol without even aiming. Two shots burst up through the counter. One hit the ceiling, and the other caught Polly in the armpit, spinning him around. My hand shot into my jacket, and I yanked my 9mm from its holster. Polly fired, and I heard the slug whiz by my ear. A 2-liter jug of Diet Pepsi exploded behind me. I fired twice into Polly's chest, sending him backwards over the counter. I turned my weapon on Darren. He was aiming toward the back door. It sounded like a cannon when Lint fired the 12-gauge. At that same moment, the side of Darren's head exploded, and he tumbled back, his lifeless body tangled up in the beef jerky rack. The van I remembered, but when I got to the door it was already on its way out of the parking lot. The getaway driver didn't make it far. A red Ford Taurus broadsided him in the northbound lane. 
When I got to the van, the driver was trying to open his door. I stuck my pistol through the open window and pressed the barrel against his temple. Don't move, I said, unless you think I might miss from here.